Teal Talk Radio Season 7, Episode 15. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 15 of TL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. In today's episode, we're speaking with Danielle Sullivan from Curriculum Associates. Danielle is National Director, Content and Implementation at Curriculum Associates. Before her current role, she worked as an educational consultant, a special education teacher, and a legislative assistant on Capitol Hill. Fun fact, she used to be an improv comedy troupe. Wow. So we should, <laughs> we're going to get some humor today. Excellent. <laughs> we need that every day. Welcome to the podcast, Danielle. Thank you so much. Yes, I'd like to say that because if I say weird stuff, it kind of explains <laughs> that um, my brain is trained to say yeah. things off the cuff. All right. So let's get our conversation started this morning with a personal story about how you became interested in the topic of learner agency. So my story starts with the fact that I've been passionate about education for my entire life. I set out to be a teacher in undergrad, but then life circumstances um, pointed me into the more political direction. I actually worked in state politics in New York State, and then I moved to Washington, D.C. to work on Capitol Hill. Unfortunately, I moved September 1st, 2001. So as you can imagine, um, it was really difficult to find a job on the Hill at that time. So I ended up working in an organic food store for three years. But then finally, I made my way back to Capitol Hill, where I worked on education issues. And I realized that I just wasn't making the impact that I wanted to. So I became a teacher, finally, and I became a special education teacher. I think that started with me just advocating for individual student agency through the lens of special education. And that passion has followed me through being a teacher, then I left the classroom to work with teachers in this curriculum capacity because I wanted to, I could make an impact on the 60 students that I worked with, or I could make an impact on more educators. And then when I switched to working at Curriculum Associates five years ago, that really, I mean, I believe in our product so much, and I, I believe in the vision and the ability to use data as a tool for students to really own their learning. It's kind of like the perfect culmination of all of the things I've been working for in my whole career into being able to serve educators in my current capacity. So let's pick up on that idea of students owning their learning. Why is it important for a teacher to help a student understand and take ownership of their own progress and how they use technology purposely in their learning? I just see a world where students can be more engaged and loving what they do if they have the ability to understand where they're performing and then know that they have some control over where they can go to grow. And I believe that that world is possible. It's here. It's interesting during COVID too, because students are needing to own their, their learning more than ever with a lot more student-directed learning and virtual learning. But unfortunately, when I was a teacher and things that I've seen in the 20 plus years I've been in education, a lot of kids are bored. They feel like school is done to them. They feel like it doesn't matter what they do. But I've seen the, the reason why teachers go into teaching is the light bulb moment. Every teacher would say, I love that light bulb moment when kids get it or they understand it. And I believe that that light bulb moment can happen even more if they're a part of the process. So I think student-centered learning is the future and it's where we can really make a difference in education. So thinking about student-centered or learner-centered learning, 
Um, what are some of the strategies teachers can use to help our learners build agency, especially in you know, our current digital learning environments, whether it's online, fully remote, face-to-face, blended, hybrid, whatever that looks like for our educators and our learners right now? I feel like that should be a bingo. We should have a bingo board with all of the ways that you can totally work with the students in this current day and age. Um, I think the first step is building relationships. That has been, will be, and needs to be the number one priority. Because if a student trusts and has a great relationship with an educator, they will be willing to perform and go above and beyond. But it, and then the second step, I think it starts with teacher mindset. So it's building relationships with students, but the teacher themselves have to believe that students are capable than more than we think. Because a lot of times, and I was guilty of this as a special education teacher, I didn't hold the high expectation and that positive mindset for my students at all the time. I gave them work that was way too easy for them. I didn't challenge them in a way. I had a great relationship with them, but I love them with my heart, not my head or I love their head, right? So I thought I wasn't challenging them because I thought it would be too frustrating, but kids want more challenge. So it starts with relationships, then teachers need to have high expectations. And then the big, huge differentiator is having individual conversations with students around their performance and around data. Kids want to know how they're doing in school. They want to set realistic goals. They want to know that teachers are a partner with them, not just somebody that talks at them. So an inclusive, trusting environment. And that's why I love working for Curriculum Associates, because we provide tools for students to really understand where they, they need to go to grow and an easy way for teachers to be able to read this data and share it with students and families. So I, I, that's why I'm so passionate about what we do, because it it provides something that I wish I had as a special education teacher. I wish I had that visible data to add that missing piece into the student ownership when I was a teacher. So all the things that you're saying really resonate and um, we understand sort of the why, why we need to uh, build these relationships, why we need to think about the connections before the content. Yet it doesn't seem like it's the dominant conversation in the field today. So Let's go to the how. How do we change that? I know. That is something that shocks me. Before uh, COVID, I would travel a lot for work. And I remember sitting in the hotel room one day watching Good Morning America. And it was like breaking news. Kids learn if teachers care. And I was like, are you kidding me? Why <laughs> is that breaking news? Like, what's happening? I think the problem, and I'm actually working on this um, for a presentation I'm doing today, I think that educators are overwhelmed. I think burnout is a real thing. I think that was happening before COVID. I think it's gotten worse. And if you are not taking care of yourself and filling in your own bucket, it's really hard for you to build relationships or see the bigger picture. So I think there needs to be kind of a, a movement for teacher self-care. Hashtag give yourself some grace. Know that it's okay. Know you're doing the best you can. And then give the students some grace and reintroduce the human element of education. And again, it's a mindset shift. I mean, we are in the business of human development. 
Human development requires connection and emotions and knowing how to meet people where they are. So there's a big push for social emotional learning. I believe that needs to be a critical component, just as important as the standards, because we have the opportunity to develop human potential in our classrooms, not their brains and their understanding and their critical thinking skills, but their ability to interact with other humans. So I think it needs to start with who are we? <laughs> teach who you are, get in touch with your vulnerability, be able to build relationships and prioritize that above the standards at first, especially now. Get to know your students. What do they like? What do they not like? What are their quirks? Share what you like, what you don't like. Like start to build more connections first. It's like they're, the system is putting pressure on those sort of non-human metrics and indicators. Yes. And, and we feel like we're pulled to basically put put aside that thing that we say that we value and then we focus on the the things that the system needs those indicators and the system's been putting that pressure but what's very fascinating this fall and this has been the most unique year in my entire life of education i'm sure you guys feel the same the schools have been the precipice for us to get back to normal so there's been pressures to get kids back in school, mm -hmm. to get teachers in front of kids, yet we're still not focusing on why. Like they say why, because kids need social interaction, teachers need social interaction, students need to be developing these social connections with their peers, yet we still don't value that in education. So it's a very interesting time, mm -hmm. but I believe the shift is starting to happen and I have a lot of hope and a lot of uh, positivity that this will change. It has to. Yeah. So speaking of shift, let's shift the conversation a little bit to some of your published work. You've <laughs> recently published some insights into John Hattie's distance learning playbook. And what are some of the key ideas that you'd like to share with our listeners around that work? So first of all, I am a huge John Hattie fan. If you have not read any of John Hattie's work, I would highly recommend it. I love research and I love that his visible learning research is really showing effective practices in education. In fact, the top, one of the most effective impact, high impact strategies is teacher efficacy, which is just teachers gathering together to have amazing conversations and teacher mindset is up there as well. So he got together with other great researchers and wrote this distance learning playbook. And I thought it was so awesome that the first chapter is all about self-care. And then the second chapter is all about building relationships. So even in this time, you still need to prior, I mean, even researchers like John Hattie are talking about what I'm talking about. We need to make sure that teachers are taking care of themselves, leaders are taking care of themselves. You cannot support anybody if you're call curled up in a ball in the corner. You have to make sure that you're practicing self-care and it's not a luxury anymore, it's a necessity. And then building relationships. The other things that he talked about stem from that. I really liked how he talked about teacher clarity and that kind of cross-references uh, my other author that I'm obsessed with is Brene Brown. And she wrote a book, she wrote many books, but one of her books, Dare to Lead, she talks about clarity being kindness. And I think in now, especially more than ever, it's really important to be clear in your expectations with families, to be clear in the work that you're sending home, to be clear how students can even return work. So teacher clarity is another point that John Hattie talked about. And then finally, what I really liked is how to engage students. That is like the number one thing that everyone wants to know 
beyond, in the past, in the future, today, how are we engaging students in learning? And there's a really great chapter and a lot of resources on just student engagement in that book as well. Sounds great. Lots of resources, lots of um, insights. People can read the full article if interested, listed, uh, linked in the show notes. Um, review of distance learning playbook is what you're looking for. So in a few, a few seasons ago, we added some rapid response questions. And the purpose of these questions is to get some more resources to share with our listeners and for us to investigate ourselves. So a couple of quick questions. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Who is one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about learner agency? I mean, John Hattie. <laughs> so I just talked about his books, but if you just Google John Hattie, it's really great to listen to him speaking about student agency too. He has a TED talk. Um, you can just Google it and there's a lot of really great videos of him out there. So I would also encourage you not just to read his work, but listen to him talk about it. It's very compelling. All right. And if you were recommending one book to our listeners, what might that book be? I would say The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. It is her baseline. Brene Brown's a social scientist researcher. She has a, a podcast, Unlocking Us, that she's actually recorded in real time. And I found that super invaluable during this whole crazy 2020. Um, but Gifts of Imperfection is one of her first book. It kind of lays out the groundwork to the rest of her work. And it's really, I would read it with a group of teachers. I would create a book club around it. It's just, it's, there's a lot of awesome stuff to unpack in that. All right. Excellent. Last question. What online site resource or person do you learn from regularly? Unlocking us, Brene Brown. I have purchased so many books from listening to her podcast. It, it introduced me to Mark Brackett, who's the director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. He wrote a book called Permission to Feel. That's changed a part of my thinking. And I, I swear to God, anytime she interviews somebody, I've purchased probably 12 books from that <laughs> podcast <laughs> based on people she's interviewed. So it's a really great way to just think about and it's all about connection relationships vulnerability a lot of the things that we're talking about today um she talks about on her podcast all right excellent thank you for sharing so lots of ideas today danielle that resonate with us and i'm sure our listeners as well to wrap up our conversation what are you working on now that you'd like to share with our listeners yes so i actually we have a podcast as well um, called Extraordinary Educator Podcast, where at Curriculum Associates, we have a program where I think the application is still open, but if it's not, it'll open again in the um, next year. But we invite educators to apply to be an extraordinary educator. And then we highlight their stories through our podcast, plus other topics. And then I'm presenting a lot of social emotional work. We have a national summit coming up at Curriculum Associates. We have it, I think it's November 18th. So we'll be, there's a lot of really great content to check out there. And I'll be presenting some of this social emotional learning, which I'm super passionate about just allowing, I want to just remind everybody, listeners, teachers, educators, humans, the importance of human connection, and making sure that we can uh, treat each other with empathy, compassion, love, and really uh, move the needle for students. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Danielle. Good reminders uh, for us, especially at this time and uh, always for us in education and as humans. To learn more about Danielle's work, you can visit some of the links in the show notes. We've added those books, the podcast she recommended, um, 
and some curriculum associates um, content as well. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, how can teachers release agency to learners? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season seven, episode 15. That's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Danielle. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Bye.